Hello, I'm Jeff Gill, and welcome to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the thought of retirement? If you're a federal employee navigating the complexities of policies, benefits, and financial planning can seem daunting. Here at Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement, we're all about breaking it down, simplifying the complex, and making retirement planning not only accessible, but truly exciting. Join me and a hand-picked panel of experts as we dive into the topics ranging from policy insights to lifestyle changes. Every episode is crafted to provide actionable advice, insights, and stories tailored for federal employees like you. Whether you're a decade away from the farewell party or just a few years shy of your retirement goals, we've got your back. So if you're looking to equip yourself for a brighter, more informed retirement, hit the subscribe button, share with your colleagues, and let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement, the beacon for federal employees navigating the complex waters of retirement planning. We recognize your unique challenges, deciphering intricate policies and optimizing your benefits. Your host is Jeff Gill, a seasoned financial wealth advisor committed to demystifying this journey for you. Our strength, a team of renowned specialists, policy experts, financial strategists, healthcare consultants, and more. Each episode aims to transform confusion into clarity, offering actionable insights and strategies. Federal employees, it's time to turn apprehension into action. The path to a confident retirement starts here. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show. I'm here today with Amanda Gustiniani. Amanda is a third generation auctioneer dedicated to educating families and real estate professionals about downsizing and estate liquidation. She co-owns an estate liquidation company with her husband and is a sought-after speaker in the industry. Amanda has created an online course with seven videos and a comprehensive guide called My Final Gift to assist families in navigating these processes. Visit liquidationlifeguards.com for her resources and unmatched expertise in helping families and professionals make informed decisions. Amanda, um, may I ask, many of the retirees facing the, facing the challenges of uh, downsizing their homes, uh, can you share uh, some creative strategies for making this transition more enjoyable and less stressful in their lives? Absolutely. So first of all, know that you're not alone. There's a bunch of people trying to accomplish that same goal. Um, you have resources out there. Um, an excellent tool. There is a group of people called Senior Move Managers, and they specialize in helping people with downsizing, estate liquidation. They do mostly downsizing, um, but it can be as granular as you need as far as they will help you pack and decide every single item. and They'll help you unpack on the other end. If you're not moving, they'll help you sort through your collections and decide what you need to keep and what you don't. So that's an excellent resource. You can also do the same thing with auction companies or estate sale companies. They typically won't help you make those granular decisions, but they are an excellent resource to liquidate items. I tell people you have cash hiding in your closet and you don't even know it because people buy all kinds of stuff. Um, my biggest advice is, there's a time to donate and there's a time to throw away, but that's not on the front end. That's on the back end. A lot of people want to feel busy and feel like they're doing something. So they'll start donating 
the Marie Kondo method, you know, mm -hmm. if it doesn't bring you joy, let it go. Right. And that's fine, but it can bring you revenue. So try to sell it first. And then if it doesn't sell, you can donate it and someone else will find it and make use of it. Um, but don't right. do it on the front end. You might have a really nice vacation in, in, uh, in yeah. cash there hiding, right? Absolutely. Right. Um, the final gift sounds like a very valuable resource for end-of-life planning. Can you provide some real-life uh, examples on how it's been eased the burden in the families during the ch these challenging times? Absolutely, because a lot of people, even people who feel like they have a plan in place and they feel like they've articulated that plan to their family, a lot of times it's written down. But there's tangible things that an executor needs. So, you know, they need your discharge papers if you were in the military. They need those things. So just having it written down doesn't help as much as you think it does. So with my final gift, we were super diligent about making sure those pouches stayed in there so that all of that information is at your fingertips. I've met with a lot of families that were looking for very specific things and they couldn't find them. So then, you know, they trusted me enough and said, hey, if you come across this, I desperately need it. So I thought there has to be a solution for these families so that it's all in one place. It's easy to manage. You can take it, even if you evacuate in a natural disaster of some kind, you can just pick it up and take it with you. But it has very detailed information. So for example, we work with families that they're like, you know, my dad has a storage unit. I know what facility it is, but I don't have all my paperwork in line to be able to go to that facility and say, hey, what unit is it? I don't know where the key is for it. You know, so if you have those kind of offsite storage things, where is it? How does your children gain access to it? You know, all of those kind of things are super important. Um, there's places for passwords. You don't think about how many videos or pictures you have on your phone. Right. Your family wants access to those, but if they don't know your password, they can't call Apple and Apple give it to them. They will not do any of that. So, you know, it's important that your family have access to all of that stuff and that it's manageable. And then down, you know, I was 32 when my mother passed away and she had a terminal illness. So we had had all of these discussions. So I knew what she wanted. I knew, you know, everything she wanted to happen. And that's important to honor that person, but it's also important to know all of the assets you have and everything that they need to know. If you have a rental property, okay, where's the spare keys to those rental properties? Right. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to have it in one place. Excellent. Excellent. For retirees who have accumulated, a, like myself, a lifetime of possessions, what advice do, do you have um, to help them start the downsizing process mm -hmm. and decide what to keep and what to let go of? Yeah. So I would definitely decide, you know, A, what you want to keep, what you're not ready to let go of yet, and then have a conversation with your family about what are you interested in? What would you like? You know, it doesn't have to be about death and dying. Just, okay, this is my legacy. This is what I have. Are you, A, are you interested in any of it? Or should I liquidate it? Have that discussion first. Um, don't be offended if they're not interested in it. My dad was really upset because he what he wanted me to take of my mother's and what I wanted of my mother's were very different things. You know, he wanted me to take this large secretary. 
I wanted the Pyrex bowl that she made brownies in when I was a kid, you know? So mm -hmm. talk to your family about that. Also keep in mind, if you have collections of items, a large collection of anything, if it's presented for sale all at one time, brings the value of all of it down because okay. supply and demand comes into play. Another thing to remember is if it was marketed for the act of collecting and produced for that, typically does not maintain or hold its value because there's just too many produced, unless it specifically was produced in short runs and you know that ahead of time. The things that are most collectible were never intended to be collected. They were intended to be played with your, your childhood toys. They were intended to be used and then moved on. Those things in really good condition go for a lot of money now. So yeah. definitely keep those things in mind. A good general rule of thumb with collectibles is if you can get 30% of what you paid for it, you've done well. You also have to understand. So baby boomers, when their parents were clearing house, they just absorbed all of their family's things. There were more children in each family, less stuff. Well, now you guys have less children and a lot more stuff. Right. So supply and demand came into effect in you know the 90s where, oh goodness, there's a lot of us and a little bit of stuff. So we're going to fight for it and we're going to pay top dollar for it. Whereas now you're all getting rid of the same type of items. There's a lot of stuff and a lot less people there to pick it up. So they're not fighting over it. You're just trying to sell it. So unfortunately, I'm the bearer of bad news there. <laughs> but that's just the way economics works. Exactly. Yes, I guess the state liquidation, it can be really an emotional process. So how can you help the retirees navigate through the sentimental attachment? And um, how do they come to terms with separating with some of these things or deciding to sell it? So I think that's on a person by person basis. And you have to decide what is most important to you. We fill the space we occupy as far as where we live. If you live in a smaller home, you're going to fill it. If you live in a bigger home, you're going to fill it. What I don't advise for them to do is because of emotional, you know, stakes, just don't run a storage unit and put it there just because you need to hold on to it for whatever reason you believe, because inevitably people call someone like me, whether it's your children or yourself. And you're like, this stuff has been in storage for 10 years. I need to let go of this. Will you right. come sell it? There's nothing in that storage unit nine times out of 10 that will equal the value of the storage that's been paid on. So I will caution with that, figure out what's really most important to you, figure out what your family's interested in, and then find a liquidator in your area, be an auction company um, or an estate liquidator, mm -hmm. and let them help you sort through that process and decide, okay, these are the things we should go ahead and let go of. These are the things you should maybe hold on to. We all offer that same service. Um, I tell people if it's got a huge sentimental value to you, that's going to be worth more than any revenue anyone could get you nine times out of 10. So hold on to it until you're ready to say goodbye. Okay. Yeah. Very good. As someone who works extensively with retirees, what are the common misconceptions about estate liquidation process and how can they better prepare for that process? 
Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing is kind of what we touched on earlier. They, they want to be busy. They want to do something. So they start donating. Typically it's those small items. Mm -hmm. And then they call someone like me and I've got a house full of furniture to sell, but nothing that complements it. Um, Furniture's good, but furniture's also harder to sell. I tell people, I always use like a sofa as an example to sell one sofa or to get one bid on an auction for a sofa. I have to overcome five things. One, they have to, I got to find someone who wants or needs a sofa. Then it has to be the right color, the right size, the right price, and they have to have the ability to move it. So to get one bid on that sofa, I have to overcome all five of those things for the dinnerware that you no longer use or want to use or for the decor items that have just been sitting around or that you put in your attic years ago because you don't like brass anymore or whatever the case may be, those transactional items move very, very quickly. The dollar amount adds up very, very quickly. People don't think about it because it'll fit in their car. They can work it into their home. You know, so those are don't cut your nose off to spite your face by getting rid of all of that kind of stuff and just leaving the furniture thinking that's where your money's at because it's not. Your money is in a well-rounded sale. Um, If you're downsizing to move, I tell people all the time, a realtor friend that I work with uses the term reverse downsizing. So rather than having her clients go in and pack up everything they don't want and hide it in closets or the attic, You have to pack those items to move already. Just pack the stuff you know you want to take and leave everything else right where it lives. Because then that estate liquidator will come in and liquidate those items. You already have to pack the items you're taking. So let that be where you start as opposed to wrapping up all the stuff you don't want and then having to pack up all the stuff you do want and keeping that segmented. Just start by packing the things, okay, I know I want these items and I'm going to pack them up and I'm going to put them in this closet. And that's where I'm going to start storing them. And then stage your home with what you're not taking, you know, that kind of stuff. So don't do more work than you have to. Right, right. Well, considering the, the changing landscape of retirement and the gig economy, Do you see opportunities for retirees to explore careers in auctioneering or estate liquidation as a side gig or post-retirement pursuit? So you could. Um, I'm a little biased because I've been in this forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So people that pop up just for the the sake of trying to make a buck. um, There's two different things for an auctioneer in any state in the country. You have to go through auction school. So I had to go to auction school. I have to take a state board exam, just like a realtor. I have to do continuing education, pass criminal background checks. There is a governing body that governs the auction industry. So if you, the client has an issue, you have a recourse. You have someone to reach out to and say, hey, this isn't, I didn't expect it to go this way or what's typical. Whereas the tag sale industry is not regulated in any state in the country right now. There's no business license for it. There's no test to pass. There's no criminal background check and there's no body to oversee them. Mm -hmm. Um, That does not mean that that industry is just ripe with people, you know, taking advantage of people. That's not the case at all. Um, There are some bad apples out there, of course, but as a client, you should do your due due diligence to, um, 
sort through that. Um, as far as the gig economy, yeah, there's money to be made in it, um, but you have to know what's worth, you know, the value of items. You have to know how to figure out the value of items. You have to be extremely organized <laughs> to um, right. have a profitable business in that manner. Now, I do have a ton of retirees that shop with us because mm -hmm. they are resellers on eBay or Mercari or Poshmark or whatnot. So I do have a ton of retirees that shop to resell and that is kind of their gig economy. Okay. Very good. Amanda, could you share maybe an inspiring story about how your work has positively um, impacted or um, the retirement plans, you know, of a, of a senior couple or individual? Oh, absolutely. There's, a lot of them. So a lot of times, um, because the personal property aspect of their life is typically the last thing that they think of, there are so many clients that at the end of the auction or the end of the tag sale, mm -hmm. I go to and say, Hey, you know, did you, did you have a number in mind of what you would like this sale to have generated this weekend? Um, and they almost always either say, no, not really. I, d I don't know, or I don't really care. Or the number they give me is just crazy low. So, you know, they'll say, yeah, I mean, if it brought $2,000, I would be ecstatic. And I would say, okay, well, your portion, the check that I'm going to write you is $12,000 because they have no idea how much the stuff is worth. So that helps them on multiple levels. It can pay for your move. It can pay for painting your home to sell it. It can pay for that new vacation that you want to take. Um, so financially, it definitely is worth most people's time to at least explore it. The professionals that you meet with will tell you, yes, this is worth your time or no, probably not. Just donate it or throw it away. Every situation is different, of course. So there would be that from the estate side, it's just the people. I love knowing that I have done a job that was either too physically or emotionally taxing for that family to accomplish. And myself and my husband were able to do that and take that burden off of them so that they could focus on one another and, and moving to whatever that next step is um, in the grief process. Right. Very good. Amanda, how can retirees um, proactively involve their adult children, uh, <laughs> grandchildren in estate planning? Uh, you know, the downsizing discussions to ensure a smoother transition uh, for their loved ones. I know that could be a tough conversation, I'm sure. It is a tough conversation. And also know that most of the time they don't want to have it and mm. it's not important to them. It's not, you know, they don't want to think of anyone not being here any longer. So the biggest thing is to, to start the conversation and to just express how you feel. Just say, hey, I don't want to leave you with this burden, so I'm trying to help you. Schedule a time for everyone to be there and just have it one time with all of them. Let them know it's important to you. Don't say it in passing. Don't say, hey, when you get a chance, just say, hey, I want everyone to come to my house on this date, and this is what we're going to talk about. If you are faced with some kind of deadline, mm -hmm. do not give them your deadline because they're going to wait till the very last minute. So I always tell my clients two weeks prior to whatever your deadline is their deadline because they're going to wait till the very last minute. Um, one way that 
we encourage people to do it, especially if they have multiple children, give one child uh, pink post-it notes, another one's yellow post-it notes, another one blue post-it notes. Okay, take these post-it notes, stick them on anything you're interested in. The ones that have multiple post-it notes are the ones that you need to have a discussion about. The other ones you don't really need to even worry about. And then you have an idea of what they're interested in. Another thing to consider is sometimes the house is full of post-it notes, which is great. But when it comes time to do the work Mm. and to move those items, the post-it notes disappear. So don't take it personally, um, but you have to start that conversation. You kind of have to encourage them because again, they're in their own world. They have their children. They've got, you know, busy lives. It doesn't mean they're not interested They just don't want to think about it. But you have to press the, hey, this is really important to me. Can we at least just sit down and talk about it? And that's the only way to start the process. Excellent. Amanda, for retirees that may be interested in attending um, an estate sale or auctions, um, what tips could you offer them to make this an enjoyable experience and possibly potentially profitable? Yeah, so we're talking about attending not hosting, correct? Correct, correct. Attending. Okay. So attending, they're, they're different for auctions. The pandemic changed everything. There's very few live auctions anymore. Um, most of them have gone to online auctions. So you can find those just from your computer and, and scroll through them. Um, there is a website called auctionzip.com. And that's just zip like your zip code. You put in your zip code. It's going to give you every auction near you, both online and in person. Okay. If it is an estate sale, that's a completely different process. Um, And every company runs it differently. So a lot of times, you know, you stand in line, there's an opening time. You stand in line or put your name on a list or you go early and get a number. And then you walk through the home and make your purchases Discount days are typically the last day of whatever weekend that they're running. You can find estate sales in your area on two different websites. One is estatesales.net and the other one is estatesales.org. So you're going to find different parts of the country. There'll be a much larger .org presence. And then, you know, in a different state, .net will be a much larger presence. So just kind of look on either one of them. You can also look there if you want to hire a company. It, a lot of them have, you know, hire a company, click here, and it'll give you a list of all the companies that service your area. And then you can go through and pick who you want to talk to. Um, I encourage minimum of three people. Talk to three people. Because you haven't done this before, you need to know what you're comparing. Um, if at any point in the process, you're like, mm, I don't, I don't get a good feeling about that person. They didn't directly answer my question. Just say next and go to the next person. Also realize on some of those websites, they're listed as like gold, silver, and bronze. Mm-hmm. If it does not tell you this is a merit-based list, then it's not. Nine times out of 10, it's a marketing thing. So we pay okay. to be gold. That does not mean a gold company is necessarily better than a silver or a bronze company. So keep that in mind. Very good. Very good. I just want to say how interesting it's been having you here today, Amanda. And I want to thank you. Uh, And it's valuable information for, for my audience. Super.
Well, thanks for um, having me. And hopefully they can, if you go to liquidationlifeguards.com, you can check out lots of other information and find my final gift binder system there as well. Perfect. You've been listening to Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement. We'll see you again next week for another episode. This concludes another episode of Navigating Freedom in Federal Retirement podcast. As federal employees, your retirement journey is unique, and we're here to guide you every step of the way. With host Jeff Gill and our lineup of experts, we aim to bring clarity to your path ahead. If you found value in today's conversation, please share it with a fellow federal employee. Remember to subscribe for continued insights. Until next time, here's to your informed and bright retirement future.